welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. And we're back with another Audible Ecstasy podcast this week. It's my pick, kiddos. It is the album Chicken Foot by the supergroup Chicken Foot. <laughs> got a little Hagar, a little Michael Anthony, a little Satriani. Little Chad, well, what do y'all think? Y'all ready to do this? The drummer now, yeah. I'm ready, Anthony. You have some something special this week, man. Uh, I was going to try this earlier today, but I'll try it now, even though I'm tired. Arriba, Reba, it's time for the Audible Ecstasy podcast. <laughs> Arriba, good. Reba, I like it. I like it. Well, guys, um, as as we know, we've had a good solid week of uh, rocking out to this. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Let's get this thing started with the first track. Avenida Revolution. guys and and i'm going to be very critical tonight on this album because this is a group of all stars i'm just going to let you guys know it and so when i say there's going to be obviously there's going to be some fanboy going on for a few songs but i'm going to start off a little bit critical on this one i feel like with the way this band started uh, or the with the vibe behind this band i don't think this is the best song to open this album i think it drags i think it's a little slow i do like the song I just think it was a bad pick for the first first song. They could have done Soap on the Rope right off the bat. That groove, I think, would have led it into a, a more rock and feel. However, I do like the song. I think it's it's one of the weaker ones on the album, to be honest with you. Really? Um, although the guitar solo, um, you're going to hear this all night long. Joe's fantastic. I, yep. I can't say anything else. <laughs> and Michael Anthony, yeah, all day long. And Michael Anthony, backing vocals supreme going on him and sammy go together i mean let's face it guys the van hagar years are carrying on with their vocal style we got a little taste on the guitar and chad chad smith my god guys the drummer he is just holding down the the basically the rhythm the entire this entire album you know he's solid as can be so nonetheless i'm at a seven and a half on this it's just how i start this one off chris what do you think about avenida revolution guys this is the first for me here we go Chris's flush of the week I, on the, I'm on not the very first song. I think it's I'm the not weakest song on the album. I, I totally think wow. it's the, the weakest song on the album. Uh, it's got a grunge sound to it. It's like down tuned. Everything is. I was, I was like, I had to look and say, was this released in the '90s? And I saw 2012, and I was like, why does this sound like grunge? 
2009. Come on now. I was in there. I got 12 yeah, written down. They released it in June uh, of 2009. They must have done a re-release. Yeah, I used to have they did. running years, so that yeah. was in 2009. Uh, honestly, guys, I, I don't like it. I mean, I and I've listened to this album yeah, a lot I, this week. I really have. Chris, you're preaching, brother. Uh, I understand. I, I do think it's kind of like, I started listening to the lyrics. I think, it's, is this about maybe drug trafficking or something? Because you I'll, got... I, I got the song facts on it if you yeah, guys want to... Yeah. I'll let Anthony hit all that then. But uh, so they might have like some heavy subject matter. Maybe that's the reason it's kind of got that depressing tone to it. But yeah, I hate to say it, man. I, it started out weak for me. I gave it a six. I think it's good. It's not much more than that for me. All right. Dude, fair enough. Anthony, what yeah. do you think about Avenida Revolution? I mean, what did you give it again, Jimmy? I gave it a seven and a half, is where I was at. Okay. Um, I wrote that I like that guitar noodling that starts the song off. Um, I kind of approve it that the album starts that way. Because Satrioni is truly the star on this album. He gets a chance to shine a lot. I think the song's great. I like the rhythm, the groove, the vibe. Uh, I gave it an 8.5, man. I'm digging it. I just, I don't know. I think it was a solid lead-in song for me. But um, the band Anthony, played it's all it, on how we hear it, brother. That's great. Well, the, the band played it 44 times in concert. Got it to number eight. So, I mean, they they think pretty highly of it, too, I guess. But, uh yeah, 8.5 for me. And uh, the song facts, there was three songs that had song facts. And they're a bit long, but the information is good. So I'll, I'll go ahead and read it all for you. Um, this song is a political anthem about the troubles on the Mexican-American border. Satriani explained to Ultimate Guitar how the songs on the album came together. He said, I made demos at home, and that's how most of the tracks began. I sent the tracks to Chickenfoot's fellow members, and they reinterpreted the tracks in question. After several months, we would convene and record how the track would be interpreted by a live group. Some tracks were inspired by discussions I had with Sam, who gave me a suggestion, direction, or a title. I wrote a track called uh, Avenida Revolution and thought no one would ever like it. When Sam heard that track, he just went crazy. Whilst I toured... The members convened and recorded the drums, bass, and vocals over my demo guitar. When I returned from touring, Avenida Revolution's recording was completely finished. I was surprised like that sometimes. On other occasions, we finished writing a track right in the studio just moments before recording the track. It's a bit long. (laughs) No, that's cool, man. But it kind of gives you an idea where that song came from, so... Very cool. No, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Uh, yeah. Uh, when I saw them in concert, they opened with this song, just so you guys know. Yeah, I was like, I said, all it's, these guys in concert. Yeah, me and Chuck went and saw them in Charlotte back in uh, 2011 or 2010, maybe. No, it was in 2009. 2009. It was in August 2009. Yeah. We saw it in Charlotte and uh, we were, it was an amphitheater and. God, I can't remember how far back. We we're probably like twenty-five rows back. But when it got started, Sammy Hagar said, "Y'all come up front," and I took off running right up front. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "Y'all ain't supposed to sit in your seats. Get up and come up here." So I, I was up front by about the middle of, uh, I guess, second song was "Sexy Little Thing." So yeah. But anyway, guys, like I said, I knew this was going to be an opening. It's going to be a little bit difficult. I'm actually. I'm impressed that Chris thought this was the weakest track because well, this is one of the weaker tracks in my opinion. I'm not too. sure that'll ever happen again where the opening song is the weakest one for me, but uh, I had right. to, that's the way I No, no, it, so. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Wait All till right. we do Britney Fox. <laughs> What's that would the, be the weakest song on that? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's 
terrible. It's probably like a long flush. way to love, right? Flush, I don't flush. think that's the weakest song of that. No, album. I think it's the second song. I heard that oh. one All right. today. I Here we go, kids. Today, but here. Track number two. It's called Soap on a Rope. Hit it, Chris. I had to go a little long on the on the pick on this one because the harmonies is what this song's all about. You've got Michael Anthony and Sammy Hagar singing in unison and it sounds fantastic. And you've got this funky groove going down by Joe and he is just killing it. Now this is where the album should have started in my opinion. However, I still think the song is great. I don't know the plays on this. I know they played it when I saw them live. Of course, they played pretty much this entire album when I saw them live. Um, but I think this is a step up by a long shot from the first song. I'm at an eight. I probably could have gone a little higher on this one. It's a great song. I uh, I love everything about it. It's, it's a great tune. Chris, what do you think about Soap on a Rope? I think I could just record what you said and hit play because it's pretty much note for <laughs> word for word what I said. Uh, I gave it an eight as well, by the way. Uh, I said probably should have been the opener. The riffs have some swagger to them. I love Satriani's tone. The rhythm section drives a song. It's got a great guitar solo, really kind of bluesy vibe to it. And I love the outro he does as well for this song. Uh, Sammy sounds great. It's a great song. It's eight. That is awesome, man. That is awesome. Pretty much everything you said. (laughs) Right on. Broken record. Let's do this. Hey, Anthony, what do you think about Soap on a Rope? Yeah, you know, it's another solid grooving song. Um, I like the upbeat nature of it. It gets your feet tapping and your head bobbing. The band is solid once again. Killer guitar, killer guitar solo. In fact, I love the way the guitar sounds throughout the song. Satriani is, is killing it. Uh, no complaints. Number three all-time in concert form. 76 plays. So it's a big end for them. They seem like they like to play this one live. I gave it an 8.5 again, man. So I, I'm digging cool. it a lot. So uh this one also had some song facts, too, on it. Uh, this is the last one for a bit. Um, Satriani told Ultimate Guitar the story behind this song. He said, That track surfaced due to the fact that Sam and me had a conversation regarding cool tracks and what we felt the group would be good at. We just drank tequilas and riffed, on, riffed upon ideas. He said something which stuck in my head, which was, it would be cool to write a track where you guys play and I sing in one hole 
and then you guys play once more. Sam loves to listen to us play and noted that if we wrote a track of that nature, then he could sing and subsequently listen to us play. He also commented that such a track would be more exciting for him. I thought about that and so I whipped up a demo and sent it to the group's fellow members. Everyone liked that demo. The second time we convened to record some demos, we all arranged the track right there on the spot, somewhat. Sam encouraged me to conduct a long jam at the end of the track and to just go crazy. That's how the track was born. We could record different versions of that track all day long since it's a fun track to play. So, like I said, Very a nice. bit long, but I thought it was all interesting. So, you know, that's, are, that's, are most of these song effects from Satriani's point of view, by the way? It's, it I think sounds so. like you pull a lot from an a interview from him or something. Yeah, it's it, most of it. There's like three songs on song facts, three or four. And, gotcha. You know, kind of cool, shows you the workings of the of the group but sounds like he might have been the one that kind of drove the whole thing from from the sound yeah the you know i was reading an interview too i put a little bit at the end of the notes uh at the end about why maybe chicken foot's not coming back and it seemed like satriani was the the head one it's like we want i'm trying to get everybody together but it just ain't happening you hmm. know so well he, he said he wanted to be in a group again he said he's missing it so uh, it's interesting yeah, as solo artists like satriani's Kind of digging being in a group. I've so. got a, uh, I got a few little things I'm gonna throw out here in a little while about Satch and, uh, yeah, man, he has a history of wanting to be in a band. So you, you'll, you'll, you'll hear some funny stuff. I think. I, uh, I listened to him for a solid hour on Friday night while I was making dinner and just turning on his tunes and. I do. It's guitar stuff, but it was really, yeah. really good stuff, man. He's incredible. I have no idea why this guy would have trouble being in a band because he's one of the best guitarists in the world. I mean, why he doesn't would he not? have it. It's not that he has trouble, Chris. It's just that uh, when you get like the chicken foot, well, Hagar's doing his own stuff too, you know, right. and, yeah, I get and him and Anthony and Chad Smith couldn't do it because he had Red Hot Chili Peppers had gotten back together right in the middle of this. That. Exactly, because this they, is some terrible band. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're one of my least favorite bands of all time. You know, Anthony well, Kiedis is pathetic vocalist. You, you can't argue them. They're set. They've been, you know, super. Well, I know super, they're popular, but they suck. But yeah, but yeah I, know, agree, hey, I agree. I'm not a fan either. Don't feel bad. Hey, Jim, but you never really mentioned who's in this band. You said their names, but you didn't say from what band they were from at the start. In oh, case somebody bad. listening doesn't know who it is, who's in the band? From what band yeah, so, they're from? Well, we can do. You know, start off with Sammy Hagar. Obviously, he is the uh, lead singer and rhythm guitarist for the band. He's from Sammy Hagar from Van Halen. Um, he's also Sammy Hagar in the Wabaritos. Um, he's got another band, the Circle. I full mean, Circle was it? Full like, Circle, yeah. Um, and then you've got Satriani uh, from the band called the Squares. Then a famous solo artist um, who has played with Deep Purple. He's played uh, as a fill-in artist for for probably fifty people in the, over the years um, because he's so well known michael anthony most famous for van halen followed hagar into the solo years and still plays with hagar uh, chad smith most notable from the red hot chili peppers and um, a short acting career in movies such as the anchorman and <laughs> exactly <laughs> just kidding it looks just like will ferrell let's face it um, but nonetheless uh, chad smith and, he, and i think he's just a jam artist session artist too he kind of hangs around but he is a diehard chili pepper and um, he's been there since the beginning so uh, yeah. nonetheless that is chicken foot and you're right i probably should have brought that up at the beginning uh, you know i just kind of threw it out there as they're an all-star band and, and they are they, they you know the best at what they do let's just face yeah. it I thought right. that was important. Well, I was going to, I was no, going to no, throw that cool. out there at some point in time too, but it seemed like you had a little more knowledge of it than I did. So, 
Oh, that's cool, man. Um, yeah, man, huge, uh, I mean, huge accolades going on here. You got a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of different styles of music tied in together, so it's it's pretty cool. Now uh, we're going to go to track number three. It's called "Sexy Little Thing." Chris, hit it. <laughs> just love 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 this song oh my god so this is this album in my mind has progressed from good to great to excellent i think this song is fantastic i love how it starts off with a little bit of the little finger picking what it sounds like and then going into the main riff that is absolutely how i want to hear a song start off with these guys it is I, what can I say? It's tonally perfect in my ears. I love how Satriani does his thing, blows it up during the solo, and it's tasteful. It's not, ex, you know, it's not totally extravagant. He's not showing off. He's just showing off talent. Period. Um, I do love this song. I think it's excellent. This is going to be my first high score of the night. This is going to be a nine. I think it's excellent. It's it's honestly one of my favorite songs on the record. And like I said, maybe a little fanboy there, and I admit it. I do love this song though. Freaking love it. Chris, what did you think about Sexy Little Thing? To me, the rhythm section is the star on this song. Uh, Michael Anthony at bass is so prominent in this song, and Chad does a great jo- do- job with it, too. I mean, they just, the whole the whole album is just like a prominent uh, rhythm section going on. Again, there's a lot of swagger in the riffs. Uh, I really do enjoy uh, Satriani. I, I could say that, talk about the guitar solos on every song. They're all tremendous. I mean, this is just, right on. check that at the door when you're talking about these songs. And Sammy sounds great. It's a very catchy chorus. I give it an eight and a half, Jimmy. I think it's uh, fair enough, man. Yeah, somewhere between great and excellent. So, cool, Anthony. How did this fare with you, sexy little thing? I'm right there with Chris. It's a it's a sexy little thing, man. It's an eight point five for me. So, uh, it's another Groover. Sammy sounds great. The band sounds great. You know, I think this song could have been a Van Halen song in the later years yeah. with Sammy, like yeah. you know, around the pound came here. You there know, is so. a, absolutely Anthony. That's one of my points I was going to bring up later. Some of these songs could have been Van Halen. Exactly. I was thinking of Van Halen like around the pound cake time with this one. Uh, the song works, man. It's a good jam from start to finish. You know, it's the kind of song that Sammy sounds great doing. Uh, it's number two all time with 78 plays. So, so the boys like to play it in concert too. So, uh, yeah, I can see why. I might have went a little low. I probably should go with a nine too, but I gave it an eight point oh, five. So I like, like I said, call it as you as you hear it, kiddos. All right, track number four. It's called Oh Yeah. Hit it. Mm-hmm. 
also, I hate that there was a couple different spots I wanted to pick when I was pulling the track list in this one. I wanted to get the main course, but I also wanted to get that transition. I wish I could have gone a little longer in the transition, and I wanted the solo. You can't have it all because this is like a sweat. <laughs> you know, it was like a, it was a five-minute song. I couldn't get everything I wanted in there. And trust me, this is one that it just rocks. It makes your head bob. You get into it. And the transition goes from that poppy feel to slowing down just a little bit, and then Joe takes off. And that's what I expect. This song follows up Sexy Little Thing perfectly, in my opinion. I think Oh Yeah is another solid song. Uh, killer song. I, I Fanboy again. I'm at a nine. I think it's excellent. Chris, what do you think about Oh Yeah? I'm right there with you, Jimmy. Uh, one of the better songs on the album. Rocks really hard. It's, it's a rocking yeah. song. And I love Seth Rennie's tone. Sammy sounds great in this song. The, the, his vocals are tremendous. Uh, and it's a very singable chorus. Uh, and halfway through, this song really just kicks in and takes off. <laughs> and I love the guitar solo. And I know Anthony's, you know, I'm, I'm not sure where this is on concert plays, but I do know it's their most streamed song on Spotify, the band's ah, most yeah. streamed song. I gave it a nine as well. I think it's excellent. Sweet. Anthony, what would you think about Oh Yeah? At about uh, 4.6 million listens, in case y'all are curious. Well, it's Very also cool. number one in concert form, too. Okay. Was this a single yeah. by chance? It was. Uh, it was. It was. Yeah. Uh, 78 plays, but I mean, they haven't played a lot together, but still, it's number one for them. So I thought it was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I love the way this song comes in with that guitar and little bits of bass sprinkled around it. That was pretty cool. Then the drums kick in, the song starts grooving. And I use the word grooving a lot because these songs groove a lot in this album. They do. And it's another groover, like so many on it already. It works from start to finish. Uh, it's a killer tune, man, with an awesome chorus and killer guitar solo and i love this set of lyrics they kind of dirty and sweet at the same time if i were a potter i'd make you real i'd mold and touch you on my spinning wheel and that's just <laughs> freaking poetry right there man it's beautiful beautiful way to put it <laughs> old sammy gotta love it yep all right boys well let's move us up to track number five it's called running out chris say something 
Jimmy did not have that guitar solo in there, but I was like, I'm glad you joined. Minute, I'm throwing it in because it's a tremendous guitar solo. I wasn't cutting that, man. Yeah, no, I got you. That's and that's the saving grace of this whole record, you know. And you guys probably don't know this, but Joe Satriani was Kurt Hammett's guitar teacher. So you hear that wah? That's where Kirk Hammett yeah. gets it from because really Joe's right. the master of that. Yeah, is and Joe you know, that uh, old? His yeah, dude. Old, he's yeah. A, he he taught Steve I. He's taught Kirk Hammett, and he's taught uh, wow Alex from Testament. Really, that is some of his students. Yes, I so didn't it just know tells that. you how how far he goes down in the Bay because he's from the Bay Area, you know. Nonetheless, oh, yeah. Satch is That's is fantastic. Crazy. Listen. I'm trying to be critical once again. I think this song is a step down from Oh Yeah and Sexy Little Thing, in my opinion. The saving grace on this one is absolutely the solo. It's blistering. Chris, I'm glad you did change it, add that to that, because honestly, I'd forgotten. I, you know, I, I told you the other day, I didn't want to make it about the guitar solos because that's what I'm all about. But um, I still think it's somewhere between very good and great. I love I love how the song sounds. I like the guitar tone, but I'm at a seven and a half. Chris, what do you think about running out? Well, something that I didn't grab in this, the beginning of the sound sounds very much like the song The Best of Both Worlds from Van Halen. <laughs> if, if you listen to it, I mean, it's, it's almost identical. Uh, the chorus doesn't sound like that at all, but but the just the verses and stuff, it sounds right. very much like that. Uh, man, it's it's a solid tune, and it just takes off in the bridge of that song, and then that guitar solo, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's really good. Uh, the chorus, I kind of agree with you, Jim. The chorus is kind of average, but overall, I think it's it's a very good song. I gave it a seven and a half as well. Cool. Anthony, it's what do you think We're about getting the same scores tonight. Uh, dude, I'm, I'm, I was trying to be critical. <laughs> Anthony, what do you think about running out? You know, I'm a notch lower. I'm at seven. This is probably my lowest rated one of the night. That's um, good, you know, I just don't have much to say about it. It works. Nothing really too special other than that killer guitar solo, which almost made me bump my rating here in that guitar solo. You know what? I had a seven written down, and I put a point five when I was listening to that solo. So I'm I guess telling you, you what. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's you know, it's guy. not a skipper. It's one I, I, I listen to. I do like it. It just uh, doesn't jump off at me as much. And it's 25th well, all time. It's 11 plays. So I think the band's kind of happy with it being here, too. So. Well, you got to uh, remember, yeah. Anthony, seven is still very good. It's not like we're saying it's oh, a garbage I song. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. All right. This is this is going to be interesting how your take on the next song is, Anthony. Here we go. Track six. It's called Get It Up. It's not as low as the last one. <laughs> So get it up to me is is still 
Not quite as good as our sexy little thing, Soap on Rope and Oh Yeah. However, it's still got a head bobbing vibe. It, you just kind of feel it as you rock it out. And that means, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I just, I enjoy it. I, I love the tone of this one. And I like how they the lyric or how the, the vocals change at, toward the end of the song. So, I, perfect harmony with Michael Anthony, Sammy Hagar. I mean, I think it's somewhere between very good and great. I'm probably a little high on it. I'm at seven and a half. Chris, what do you think about Get It Up? It's a rocking tune for sure. Uh, one of the more rocking songs on the album. Uh, I will say that uh, we get a little more of that grunge sounding in those background vocals, and I don't like that, but still love the song because the, the chorus is fantastic. I almost pulled something different, Jimmy. This is what you asked me to pull, but near the uh, at, right after that guitar solo, I love the way Sammy just comes in and yells that get up right one part there. Yeah. Uh, I almost pull, I actually pulled both up and I was like, there's a little more meat on the bone on the one you left, but I do love the way he does it in that song. Uh, that Arriba Reba, he's he's really showing his Mexican ties here. I, I guess he's probably hanging out in Cabo a lot back in these days. Would be uh, he probably still lives there, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. I mean, this is kind of right around the time his tequila brand was taken off, if I'm not mistaken. So he was uh, probably he probably living the, the high life down there writing these songs. Uh, yeah, I gave it an eight. I think it's a little better than you, Jimmy. I, it's a cool. rocking tune, man. I really yes, like it. Is. Straight rocker. And, and again, Satriani crushes that guitar solo in this one. So That's awesome. Anthony, what do you think about Get It Up? Uh, my opening notes say, is this grunge? Not bad for a grungy style song. Sounds <laughs> like Alice in Chains on those background vocals. Oh, I don't know how Michael Anthony God. does that. That's amazing. Know. But I, uh, I wrote, I swear Sammy can sing about anything and make it sound good, which is so true. I think it's a step up from the last song, but not as strong as others on the album. Um, I do enjoy the guitar solo. The guitar solo, the guitar is just amazing in the song. I love the chorus. Sam, without a Reba Reba, man, it's just, it's just so cool to hear that, the way he does that. It's 10th all time with 41 plays, so they, they've dug this one in concert quite a bit. I gave it a 7.52, so, I mean, it's it's another one that's, you know. Awesome, man. So, you, we're, all about, we're all about the same page here. Yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to be critical about it because I knew there was going to be a couple of fan favorites for me. So, all right, let's roll this up to track number seven. It's called Down the Drain. Chris, hit this. So this song is uh, all right. Precursor to what's getting ready to happen. I'm a fanboy of this song, and I, I do love this tune. There is some history on this song, but I want y'all to think about how nasty that groove is. 
You got Chad laying down the beat. You got Michael Anthony carrying this groove, and you got Sats just wow, 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 just rocking along. You know what I'm saying? And then you got Sammy coming in and doing a little vocal line that that's kind of fitting the groove. History behind this song is this song's a one take song. They is were just really? messing around in the studio. Hagar wow. walks in and is like, "Oh my God, this is rocking! Hit this, Joe! Let's do this!" He just started singing random lyrics. Yep, and it exactly. became down the drain. When you do this and it's a one take, holy crap, dude. That's Satriani for you. That's the, that's a professional in between Satch, Michael Anthony, and Chad. Without They were just tuning in. Hagar hadn't even gotten in the studio and walks in on it. He's like, oh my God, this is kicking ass. Let's do this. <laughs> what more can be said? This is a nine. I think it's excellent for just somebody, for lack of a better term, just jerking around. This is awesome. It's a nine. Chris, what do you think about Down the Drain? Well, the bass line is just fantastic right out of the gate on this song. Love it. Uh, the groove, you're right, man. Uh, fantastic groove. I actually, it's my sleeper of the night. I think it's yeah, a it's fantastic a song. Yeah. Uh, I love the distortion in uh, Satch's guitar. You don't hear that too much in his guitars, but on this one, it's, and it fits the it's song present. perfectly. It fits it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah fantastic, man. I, I gave it an eight and a half. Man, it feels like a nine now that you said that. I should probably, I'm going to bump it to a nine as well. It's, it's just a rocker, man. Dude, at the groove. end, if the, that groove turns into a rock, it's great. Oh, yeah. Love it. Killer, killer. All right, Anthony, what do you think about Down the Drain? Uh, I gave it an 8.5. Um, I might even go in the 9 myself. You know, I love the intro with that nasty groove and Sammy talking over it. It's another song I could easily hear Van Halen doing back in the day. Yeah. Um, it's a groover, digging it, catchy chorus, killer guitar solo. Love how the song closes out, too. Fourth all time with 75 plays, so they do enjoy playing it. And the song facts on this one are a bit long, but it's very interesting. It goes into all that stuff that Jimmy said. And it's even a little cooler than that in a few spots. It's probably my favorite story on this thing tonight. Um, it goes like this. Satriani explained to UltimateGuitar.com how this song came about spontaneously. We got ready to record another track. Though I can't remember the name of the track, its name might have been Turning Left. I just tuned my guitar, and we just got the sound right. We changed the snare drum, and I just sat there. I checked the tuning of my guitar and played a little riff from a track of mine called Rubina's Blue Sky Happiness from The Extremist 1992. Chad looked at me, and I saw him start this type of beat spontaneously. I just started playing this blues riff. As I started playing that riff... Sam thought I was playing him a track, which he hadn't heard yet, a track which turned into My Kind of Girl. Over the microphone, Sam began saying, Joe, is this a new song? Is this a new song? I like it. I like it. Though I couldn't hear him, I didn't have the vocals feeding through my monitor yet. I just played, but played very lightly with my left hand, since I didn't want to put the strings out of tune. I figured that any second we would stop and get back to business which is recording the other track. We just kept jamming, and then Sammy started to sing. Basically, he literally worded the track on the spot. When we were finished, we all looked into the control room and said, Did you record that? Of course, Andy had. He's a smart gentleman and knew something was happening. That was the one and only occasion we ever played Down the Drain. The track was written upon, upon the spot, and we just entered the studio, contributing keyboards here and extra guitar there. As you know, background vocals as well. And he said, That's the most magical writing moment I've ever had as a part of a group. 
That's so, crazy. Guys, that is the magic when you get. So there weren't even lyrics written to this. He, no. He, he freaked. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> is that not crazy? That's that crazy. is crazy, dude. This I, I and it's such story. a great, great song, man. Great story, oh my man. God! Yeah, that, and I remember, I remember reading that article years ago. Just so you know, Anthony, that's how I knew about it being a one track. I was like, oh my God, that just took it to a new level. But nonetheless, I'm glad y'all enjoyed it, guys. Because it's honestly, song. when you said sleeper, Chris, this is it's probably a tie for my sleeper. But let's hit it up to track number eight. It's called My Kind of Girl. Hit it. I'm glad you got that part into it because I'm. this is where I was going to bring up, this is the most Van Halen song on this album, in my opinion. This could have been a Van Halen track, and I love it. I love everything about this song, seeing it live, hearing it live. I mean, I've heard pretty much this whole record live, but this song, I think it's great. It's, it's a groover, easy to sing along with, uh, lyrically a great story, I think. Um, you know, Hagar and Anthony perfect harmony i think it's an excellent song i'm at a nine chris what do you think about my kind of girl is there a line in there that says this buds for you is tattooed on her ass is that that's right yeah (laughs) this buds she's had a she's had a wild young hood you know what i'm saying hey these are superstars nobody can tell them what to do man so (laughs) yeah who gives a damn right well okay this is where my uh noviceness with this album is starting to show because Early on, when I started listening to this, it took me. It took a little while to grow on me. I'm not gonna lie. Probably about five days before I, I really clicked with it. Wow. And uh, I think if I had a little more time with this song, I would maybe liked it a little better. That's a good point about this. this does sound a lot like the you know the Hag- Van Hagar, if you will. Uh, that said, I mean, I'm just gonna read my notes here. I, I think it was kind of middle of the road for me. Ah. Uh, I think it's, it's a it's a solid song. I actually have it as very good. I gave it a seven. I wrote, I thought the background vocals, and Michael Anthony does, does a great job with that. Yeah. Solid tune. That said, I uh, don't love it, don't hate it. It's kind of middle of the road is what I said. It's a seven. But I, but I get that, and I bet if I listen to it for another week, it might grow more on me, so I can see that too. That's cool, man. Like I said, I fanboyed a lot, sorry. But uh, no, that's Anthony, cool. And I, get, I get what you're saying there, I do. Anthony, what do you think about My Kind of Girl? Uh, it's another song that's a groover. I mean, it's a word I use a lot, but it's so true on this album. It works. The band sounds great. Guitar solo is excellent. Zero issues with it, man. Great tune. Seventh all time uh, with 66 plays. So fairly decent rotation. I gave it an eight. I think it's a great song. 
So hey, digging it. Fair enough. Very cool. All right, let's move us up to track number nine. It's called Learning to Fall. Chris? If you changed it around at all in this song, Chris, but I added a little time to it. I want to well, get some of that guitar solo in there. Vocally, is awesome. that there is those when you're hearing the the harmonies of Mike Weather going ah, yeah. that's pure Van Hagar, yeah. pure Van Hagar, which brings it up a notch in my book. The guitars bring it up a notch. However, this is my weakest track of the night. Oh, I think come it's on, a, Jimmy. I think it's a good song. <laughs> I think it's between, shut your mouth, man. <laughs> I think it's between good and very good. I'm at a six and a half. Oh, come I, I, I think on. it's ooh. It's between good and very good. What is wrong with you two? Come I'm on. I'm not man. saying it's a I didn't say it was four. I didn't think it's disappointing. I mean, come on. Come on. I said it's between good and very good. It's it's not my favorite song. It's too slow. I don't know. Chris, what do you think about learning to fall? Got two of these tonight. Chris. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start whooping some tail here. That's awesome. I like it. No, I'm just joking. I actually really like this song. Before his nose here, one for the ballad boy, finally. Exactly. It's been a little while yeah. since you've had one, man. So it's, it's Yeah, there's not any on this except for this song. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird. Sammy's vocals, while they have a lot of rasp to them and they rock a lot, he can really do ballads very well. I think that rasp just kind of lends those uh, ballads. Uh, and then you got Michael Anthony on top of it with the background vocals, man. Those guys sing so well together. And I like the way Satriani kind of plays. Uh, it's understated, his guitar playing in this song, but it fits really well in there, I feel like. So that's that's good, too. Uh, man, it's a great song. I give it an eight. Hey, that's yeah. fair enough, man. It's all how you yeah, hear it. It's a very good ballad, I think. Yeah. Anthony, what do you think about Learning to Fall? I mean, come on. This is my song for the week, man. <laughs> Well, I mean, if there's going to be any doubt on that, it's just a, a beautiful ballad from start to finish. It reminds me of those power ballads from years ago. Uh, the band sounds fantastic. The drums aren't overpowering. The guitar is simple and smooth. Uh, Joe has an incredible solo in this song. Sammy proves once again how great a vocalist that man is. 
ninth all time with forty two plays. It's nine. For, it's a nine for me. It's probably one nice. of my few. Wow. It's one of my few nines on here. Everything was pretty much an eight point five, except for this one was a nine. So, but That's I think cool, everybody kind of anybody listening to this that knows our podcast is like he's going to like that song. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, I might have been a little overly critical because I was given such high scores, but I still think it's like you I said. Be I don't think it's a bad song. One, we have to be critical. This has to be a I critical never, song. It had, well, <laughs> the next one's going to be critical as well, Anthony. So guess what? Is that song about NASCAR? <laughs> it is. It's a NASCAR song. All right, let's go to track number 10. It's called Turn and Lift because we always turn and lift in NASCAR. do love some guitar wizardry and he's got some funk going on here this one right here you know for some reason it just never has really hit me as a great song um i do think it's a good song i think it's somewhere between good and very good yet again and maybe i'm once again being overly critical because of my higher scores earlier but i think this is yet another weak track it's it the, the two weakest tracks were back to back in my mind i'm at a six and a half on this even though it's it's between very good and it's between good and very good. You know what I mean? And that's just where I see it. It's nothing special for me. Chris, what do you think about Turning Left? I think guitar-wise, it's one of the better songs on the album, man. Uh, yeah. It's complex, and, and uh, you know the bass uh, mingles in so well with the lead on that, too. Uh, I will agree, lyrically, it's not much of a song, but, but man, it's instrumentally, it's fantastic. Rhythm section really drives it. Uh, I'm a little higher than you, Jimmy. I, I will say it's not my favorite song either, but I gave it a seven and a half. That's cool. That's cool, man. All right, Anthony. What do you think about turning left? Because those guitars are great, dude. I mean, they really are. It is. It is great, but, you know. I mean, it's another song that grooves, man, from start to finish. Band sounds fantastic. Sammy, solid on vocals. Guitar is popping with another killer guitar solo. I mean, Joe is definitely the star in a star band. So it's crazy how much he shines in all these songs. Fifth all-time with 74 plays. It's a pretty big one for him. I gave it another 8.5, man. I, I'm digging it. Got That's a nice cool. group to it. But I couldn't find – you said it was about NASCAR. Is it truly about NASCAR, or do you know? I, I, well, I think it's it, it was rooted in NASCAR because they did use it for a couple of NASCAR seasons as part of one of the songs they would play during you know, the commercials really? and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's I couldn't find anything on it, so I was looking around for it, find anything on it, so – yeah. That's right. better than Night Moves, which does not make sense in the NASCAR <laughs> song. So right, true, true. All right. Well, let's wrap this album up with the final track. It's called Future in the Past. Chris? 
right. As you all know me, <laughs> you know darn well I wasn't going to at least let get one, just one good solo on there. And that's it. This is nothing but savage fretboard slaying by Joe Satriani. The song is absolutely a great tune. It's a fantastic way to end. And it's a lot of, I don't know if it's just Joe is just pin up, ready to blow away the fretboard and he destroys it. I think it's incredible. It's somewhere between great and excellent. I'm at an eight and a half. Chris, where are you at with future in the past? You know, we've said this before. Uh, if you can leave people wanting more at the end of an album, you've done your job. I can't think of a better case than that for this song. It's my favorite song on the album. Uh, man, wow, what awesome. a what a final! Gosh, he just blew it away there. I mean, he really did. <laughs> and I think I said this to you guys in the group chat uh, chat there earlier. I was like, if 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 we would have done that top five guitar solo and listen to this beforehand this might have been in my top five he he destroyed that man that was just yeah. unbelievable it's uh, and, and how in the world when satriani has given you a phone call you're not going to answer that call seriously guys i mean this guy's <laughs> one of the best guitarists ever how can you ignore this guy's call i mean i don't know dude i don't know i mean seriously especially oh that God. drummer from the chili peppers come on dude there's nobody you think flea could do that jesus no the answer is no uh, <laughs> anyway uh, yeah, and on top of that, Sammy's vocals are really good throughout this song. One of the better vocal uh, efforts for the night from him early in the song. I can't rave enough about it, man. I, I gave it a nine and a half. It's my favorite song of the night. I had to go. I mean, I'm, I know there's nothing iconic on here, but man, that, got to, that guitar solo is fantastic. Glad you like it, man. Anthony, what did you think about Future in the Past? Yeah, it's. Uh, I said it was a kind of a solid mid-tempo-ish rocker, man, with a bit of pop and swagger. Digging it. Again, the band sounds fantastic. Joe is absolutely killing it on guitar. Sammy's vocals are on point. It's another song that just freaking grooves from start to finish. Zero complaints, man. 8.5 again for me. Great album closer. Sixth all-time with 72 plays. So... It's an incredible song. I gave a lot of 8.5 because these songs all fall in my mind between great. A lot of these songs are great next, great to great to excellent. So I just gave them that. I get a lot of that for that reason. But yeah, killer, killer song, man. Killer way to close it. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, we're going to do our uh, final thoughts on this record real fast. And I want to, before I get started, I want to let everybody know this album was released back in June of 2009. And I'm going to just say it. This is simply a fun rock album. I mean, as this album is playing along, I feel like you get the vibe that there are four guys here having a fantastic time, just playing the crap out of their instruments, doing their thing and enjoying every second of it. I mean, this is the ultimate melting pot of musicians, if you ask me. I mean, this started out as a joke. This band started as a joke. And you can see what they, see the talent that they have here and see what they could do. I mean... I mean, my God, eventually this thing went on to, you know, become a very successful album for them. Uh, I mean, this thing was what? It topped off at number four on the Billboard and it hit number one on, what is it, the top rock albums and independent albums when this was released? That just says something about it. And uh, I, this was the, I guess this was the, the start of more online plays at this point in time versus hard sales, you know what I'm saying? Uh, physical copies. Um, I had a physical copy of this. I had the collector's edition back in the day. And, um, I love it, man. Uh, the harmony between Sammy and Michael Anthony is about as sweet as it, it can get. I mean, it it brings back my memories of the Van Hagar years. 
and it just fits this style of music and, and I'm, it leaves me wanting more as this last song closed out um, and we're lucky there is one more album by these guys but uh, I'm you know maybe hopeful I read online that says that the band is not officially broken up they just don't have plans they still get together on occasion to jam I mean what can you say that's that's something right um, the inclusion of Satriani me being a guitar guy is is the coupe de gras I guess I don't know it's, it, I love it I love everything about it. Um, I mean, he's obviously one of the greatest guitarists to ever walk the planet. He's taught so many outstanding guitarists I discussed earlier. We're talking Kurt Hammond, Steve Vai. I mean, my God, guys, that's two firecrackers if there ever was one. Um, I, mean, if, I think if you like rock music, this mu- this album's for you. My score is overall is an 8.0. I'm actually good with that. I think it's great. 8.0. Chris, what do you think about Chickenfoot? Yeah, you know, overall, I have to say, uh, this one did take a few days for, for it to kind of grow on me. Um, I don't know. I think it, I think maybe where it started with that one song that kind of had that grunge sound to it, it kind of put me right. in like a, a bad mindset when I was listening to the album. Sure. Uh, and there were a couple of times they did that, but not a lot. I mean, it was, that's a minor complaint, really. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, Satriani, he really showed why he's such a great guitarist on this album. Uh, Sammy, for the most part, has strong vocals throughout. And the rhythm section absolutely crushed it. You know, something that uh, Michael Anthony is, I don't know if he's, I think everybody knows he's a good vocalist, but man, it's almost like he's an underrated background vocalist because they sound so good when when his background vocals come in most of the time. They really do. Uh, it's a solid listen. You know, something I had to, I actually wrote this down while you were speaking, Jimmy, because I had to like remember to say this. Uh, you notice how Sammy and... Uh, David Lee Roth, both after leaving Van Halen, had to go out and get the best damn guitarist they could find because once you got <laughs> Eddie Van Halen, <laughs> you know, like on your left over there, you got you, 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 all you can do is go down. You can't go down far. I mean, you got to go get somebody like this so you don't go down far. But it, it's kind of interesting that both those guys, after they left Van Halen, had to go out and find the absolute best they could find. So, right. That's good. Right. You know, uh, I think it's due to a lack of any iconic songs on this album. My my score feels a little low, too. It was 7.8. I did round that to an 8 as well. And there were a couple of songs I rounded up tonight a little bit before I wrote, you know, when I totaled it up. So I'm going to give it an 8. I think it's a, a great album. So that's fair. Very cool. Very cool. Anthony, what did you think about your final thoughts of Chicken Foot? Before I get into them, I'm going to dive back into what you were saying about that Chicken Foot being sort of a joke. I pulled a little something about what Satriani said about uh, their name. He told Ultimate Guitar, while the quartet decided to call themselves Chickenfoot, he said, I think it was just a goofy code name. We had to call ourselves something and thought about possible names in the meantime. We thought of clever names, though I never thought any name was as good as Chickenfoot. Chickenfoot is just a name which is so eerie, yet at the same time it's perfect. I was surprised when the public overwhelmed us somewhat by just constantly referring to us as Chickenfoot. The name just stuck, I guess. So when Jimmy said that, I kind of thought about those notes I had at the at the yeah. start that I was going to talk about. So kind of funny to learn where their name came from. I, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm with you, man. It's crazy, isn't it? And it is kind of eerie if you think about voodoo and everything. I know they use chicken feet and voodoo, so it, it can be kind of eerie. So anyways... <laughs> I guess, that's what he was, I guess that's what he's hitting at. But uh, my final rating was 8.2 for the statistical rating, and I'm, I'm good with that. I'm going to stick with that. 
Um, and I can easily recommend this to anyone who just wants to turn on some good music and get lost for about an hour. The album works from start to finish with no duds at all. This is a band made up of bonafide rock stars and it shows. Uh, absolute thumbs up. Great pick this week. And if anyone listening to this is a runner, throw this album on when you go for a run. Back in my running days in 2009, Jimmy gave me this album. And I used to love to run to this music. It would just, that's these songs awesome, would really get you going, man. Get your legs moving. So that's a little tip this week. If you're a runner, throw on some chicken foot. I guarantee you. Did you have the Sony Discman going when you were out there running? No, I had the uh, MP3 <laughs> player I had going. Right. <laughs> okay. You, know, so you ripped awesome. MP3s off of that. Okay. I used to rip MP3s and then I had my wife's little Apple iPod or something, was it? I used yeah. to clip that to my bell. I had a little MP3 player, I did some. And, had that cord running up to my shirt and to my headphones oh, yeah. and all that crap, man. You know, trying to suit up for cold weather running. You had to try to find a place to put your cord and it would drive me nuts all the time. But not these days. Throw my earbuds and I'm good. <laughs> That's killer, man. Listen, guys, I'm I'm stoked that y'all like this album. I'm glad y'all enjoyed it. And Chris, I'm glad that you finally got around to, to appreciate it a little bit better. I know yeah. multiple listens typically can cause that to happen in, in multiple cases. And, and I think it's just an all-around fun album. But uh Fantastic. So um, as we uh, get me to wrap this thing up here, who's got the pick next week? That's you, isn't it? Chris, is it Anthony? It would be me. All right, Chris, hit it. And in this corner, weighing in at 165 pounds, it's the blues rock guru, the master of podcast production, and the man who cannot stop the battery. It's Chris's pick. The blue blue rocks guru or blues rock guru there. Uh, Jimmy, we were playing cards a couple weeks ago and uh, your wife actually requested something that I had on my list. I was almost ready to to say it anyway, but this one kind of put it over the top. Uh, from 1990, the album Shake Your Moneymaker by the Black Crows. Yeah, that's great. Uh, nice. Yeah, man, straight blues rock. I love it. Uh, Robinson I Brothers. Like it. This, is, this is their best. I mean, it was their first album, but it was their best. It's got a ton of hits on it. I think you guys will love it. That's cool, man. I'm uh, Anthony, I'm not sure if you've ever really listened to that one all the way I through haven't. or not, but uh, yeah. you're going to like it, I think. Shake right. Your Moneymaker, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. Scott, she yes. talks to angels twice as Dude, hard. I mean, it's got some great this songs. Is, this is going to be an interesting – it's going to be hard to hold back on this one. I'm about to be critical uh, yeah. as I possibly can because this thing's solid. Well, I, I did I did have that on my list. I had like four albums. That was one of them. And then she was like, I want you to you – know, you guys need to review that one sometime. I know Jimmy's never going to pick it. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> fact. Fact. No, I, do, I dig the Black Crows. I like the – Man, there's an album he did with Jimmy Page. It was fantastic. God almighty, he's killer. Yeah. But anyway, Anthony, what what do you got going on this week? I know you've had uh, – you finished your trilogy? Yep, uh, boat drinks this week. Yeah. So it's my vacation. So I took everybody on a vacation. I took you on a holiday to help you find your one particular harbor. This week we're going to settle in and have some boat drinks. So that's kind of the way I was playing the trilogy. So I like it, man. You know, And I got a personal recommendation. Anybody that's got Shudder? They just dropped Witchcraft on there with Tawny Katane. And uh, check it out. It's a good little... Is she an actor? Good, she's just kind of there for Yeah, she's act. She's a decent oh, okay. little actress. And uh, towards the end of the movie, there's a shower scene that shows why David Coverdale 
Probably married her. So anyway, keep it PG, man. I don't want to have to drop the explicit <laughs> tag on this one too. We had to do that but last actually, week. Actually, it, it's a pretty good movie dealing with. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good movie dealing with Ouija boards and spirits, and it's a perfect for the Halloween season. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I'd say Thank Shutter you. gets an uptick during Halloween. What do you guys bet? Probably do some. I love Shutter, man. They just dropped a few on there that I can't. I'm trying to get into. So you know. The mutilator is yeah. good too if you like slasher picks from the early eighties. So, <laughs> well, boys, I say we wrap this thing up for the week. Y'all ready to do this? I'm ready. All right, for Audible Ecstasy Podcast, this is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is it. Thank you for listening to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Join us next week when we review. Shake Your Moneymaker by the Black Crows. We'll see you then.